Campbell and along with Sam White, we're on a mission to help commercial breeders better understand genetic selection data. You're listening to The Data Breeder. It's about how you can improve your herd and put more money back in your bank account. The Data Breeder is brought to you by Bald Blair Angus and Elders Rural. Visit eldersrural.com.au to find your local branch. You're listening to The Data Breeder. This is episode four. I'm with Sam White from Bald Blair Angus and we're talking about the data that and how to use the data that you see in bull sale catalogues to decide on the genetics that are going to have a positive impact on your bank account once those cattle land on the ground, hit the feedlots or wherever they're going and, and they're in consumers' mouths. So Sam, welcome to episode four. Thank you, Ed. It's great to be here as always. Another beautiful day up on the Tablelands, the sun shining. Winter, freezing cold, standard. <laughs> so it's it's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely gorgeous. All right, Sam. So on the first episode of the Data Breeder, we looked at the the data that you use and how you use it to make your decisions. On episode two, we looked at the the data around the sire side. On episode three, we looked at what comes from the the dams, and now we're on episode four, we're looking at those attributes that we see in the in the progeny once they hit the ground. What are we What are we looking at here when we when we look at the bull sale catalogue? How do we factor though that some of that? What is the data that we're looking at, and how do we f- take that into account? Mm. Thanks, Ed. Look, once again, you know, I'll just reiterate it: the time old phrase of what is uh, our commercial breeders personal. Breed- breeding objective. We keep coming back to that again and again and again because that sets the tone for the decisions that you're going to make with all the information. Look, the you know, in terms of progeny focus, let's look commercially at what we can can actually see. Well, we, we're going to see number of calves when we go to when we go to, to brand or castration point commercially we're going to get a feel for how good they are in terms of how healthy the cows are whether we've got poor cows whether we've got fat cows whether we've got calves that you know have done well on their mothers or not and and you know they're the things that you can look around and see and in terms of the data that goes along with that per se you know you all this data has a contribution to all of that but 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 I'm talking about commercially what we can see and what we can measure. So in terms of the commercial cow herd and the calf, we've got the calf's growth rate. And usually the first point at which we're going to weigh a calf is at weaning. All right, and and the treatment of that animal at weaning is extremely important as well because it has it has an impact. It has and it's the most important time to actually socially influence those animals and how they're going to behave for the rest of their life on a farm. So, but that first weight is the important one. And and the next one, of course, is the weights along the way to when those animals are going to be ready to go to whatever target market you've chosen, whether it be a supermarket-focused short-fed or a, a, a long-fed grain market or a, a grass-fed market. So, so you might weigh that animal two or three times along that time period and you're just sort of going so it's important that that the growth rates that we have in our in our operation are extremely important so so if we're we're just selling wieners one of the the biggest most powerful wiener attributes that we're going to be looking at is the 200 day weight because that's really primarily focused on that and in terms of 600 days 
you know, or 400 and 600 days, both of those I generally look at if we're going to supply the heavy grain, but our primary focus is on the 600 for those animals going down the long fed. So that, that's what we're focusing on. If we're targeting a, if we're targeting a, a long fed grain fed market, uh, there's, there is a significant emphasis on intramuscular fat and there are marbling premiums for hitting the specs. So we want, you know, generally we want that opportunity to use bulls that are breed average or better. And we've got a heap of those in our catalogue at the same time. So we've got all of those attributes that are important. Then, of course, you know, we've got the, we've, we're, we've talked only just about the steer portion. And we're going to have the heifer portion, which are going to be our breeders. Right, so if we've got an animal that potentially may not favourable or desirable attributes with respect to birth weight and calving ease, we've got to factor that in. In other words, are they going to be massive, too big? Because, you know, that's going to contribute to problems that could lead to more issues with assisting a year down the track or two years down the track when the bull you've bred, those, his daughters are then joined in their first, in their first joining period. And then, of course, um, the other attribute that we want is we want to get an indication. I think we briefly touched on it in one of our prior episodes. We want to get a, 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 brief, a brief review or data on how those animals have performed for our clients. Okay, so how have our steers performed on feed? We've got one to know growth rates, average daily gain, how they perform in relation to the yard. And, re- and remember that even in a feedlot, you'll have month on month variation and year on year on variation simply because of the environment that's influenced breeding decisions and feeding decisions or management decisions at that particular time. So there are a number of the attributes. And of course, those you can all see in terms of your EBVs in your, in your uh, catalog with all the data that we have available for everybody. Let's look at the difference between how do we take into account 200, 400, 600 day growth rate data compared to say some of the EBVs, so the domestic index or the heavy grain index. They're, I mean, they're, they're measuring slightly different things and they tell you a slightly different story. Is that correct? Well, of course they do. Like you remember, you're looking at a different, so Ed, in these, we're, we're looking at a different age of the animal at turn off. So 200 days is highly related to weaning weight. So for those animals, or for, sorry, for those breeding programs that are selling weaners, it's an extremely important attribute. And remember that in a self-replacing herd, you may be in a situation where you're you're going to be retaining heifer females, and it's important. So that 200-day weight's important. And if, if you're like us in our commercial herd, we put our emphasis on 600 days, but keep an eye on 400 for the long-fed for the long-fed market. You've got that opportunity to to keep on that. Now in our catalogue, what's important is that that we have a reference, a percentile reference table. Now that reference table allows us to determine where those EBVs sit. All right, and that is, are they in the top 30%, in the, in the top 50 or not? So that's the top 50%, not of your herd, but of the entire breed? Of the entire breed, yes. Correct. Yeah. And right. so, so that allows us to do that. And what we've done in our catalogue is we've highlighted those animals in the top 10%. For those that are really focused, that's a, a good attribute that they can say, well, that animal's in the top 10% straight away rather than having to go to the reference table. All right. So, so what's a good number? And we've had this conversation before. You know, when we look at the data, we go, well, what's the answer mm. you know well how, how do we how do we think about that in terms of of some of this um progeny focus yeah look I, I think the i think the most important thing is rather than answer it directly is to go back to breeding objectives and where your cow herd is right now i, I think a good answer is animals in the top 50 percent with a preference for those in the top 30 percent and the idea is that they're going to continue to improve your herd 
Now, if you do have a clear indication of where your herd's at, whether it be a purebred herd or a crossbred herd, you might say, well, there are certain attributes I can forego to get other attributes. Let's say calving ease. I might, you say, I might sacrifice a little bit of growth to get calving ease because that's more important. Right? The issue is, is am I going to keep those heifers or am I going to sell those heifers because they'll probably be a little bit, little bit smaller because you've sacrificed in growth. The, the biggest thing that we, we can do now is that we can check, we can select bull breed average in low growth and high growth rate. We've been consistently trying to breed that in the bull herd for a number of years. Let's have a look at some of the other data that sits there. Let's have a look at marbling score, IMF, and the retail beef yield. How, yeah. how do those three work together? Yeah, look, look, that, that's a really good one. In terms of carcass, you remember we get paid, we get paid in our feedlot for marbling performance, and uh, we, we're not truly getting rewarded for retail beef yield at this stage. In other words, less fat and more meat and a lot of marbling when we're not necessarily but that's that that is it's it's starting to happen the the issue is if if in your carcass attributes you find animals that are significantly lean or too lean then they're going to strip fat off your animal now what that may mean is that that you're going to have an issue of an issue that could impact fertility in terms of animals not having enough store when they're out in the in out in breeding so we don't if too lean it could have an impact on their ability to get in calf. So we like to have a little bit of fat on them. Certainly in this environment, fat's a good thing because generally how the production system works is that animals will go through winter, they will have picked up a lot of weight in the back end of summer and autumn, and then they start losing it through winter, and then they have a calf, and then it's really sucked out of them and then they just regain it after we've got the calf off them. So, of course, we're referring to the harsh winters here up on the tablelands. Mm. Not, not today. It's, it looks be- probably looks better out there than it actually, actually is, Sam. Yes, Ed. If you need to find the right genetics to meet your commercial ambitions, give Sam and Kirsty a call on 0438 792 140 or... 02-6779-2141 Email via samwhite at baldblair.com.au or visit www.baldblairangus.com.au All listeners of the podcast will receive a free stay at Kelly's Cottage on Farm at Bald Blair Angus when they visit. What else are we looking at in terms of that progeny focus data in your, in the bull sale catalogue? Well, I, I think you know we, we we looked at we looked at retail beef yield and IMF. I like also paying emphasis to carcass weight and EMA. I like to be above average for both of them. So always keep a focus on that as well. I think you you, you remember we we don't want to we don't want a single trait select. And if you've never used high marbling sires before, if you if you use a high marbling sire and you're sacrificing something else. As a consequence, just for the sake of it being a high marbling sire, you might find that that's not best for that particular cow herd. And generally, you know, we discuss that with people, but we've got a lot of bulls that breed average and better in terms of intramuscular fat. And that's, that's what's the name that is, mirroring our commercial herd requirements of what we're targeting. You're obviously very au fait with the, the data that you see in those, those catalogues. When you pick up a catalogue and you start to make decisions about the genetics that, that, that you're going to inject into, into your commercial operations, what, what's your process with the, uh, with the catalogue? That's a very good question because, as, as I've mentioned, I think uh, in a prior episode, that sometimes you go to a bull sale and you've got 110 bulls and you've only given yourself an hour to find it. 
and to look through at the bulls when you're going, well, that, you, you're essentially giving yourself bugger all time, less than a minute to look at each bull. Now, the, the most important thing here is give yourself a bit of time. We can go through and actually screen our catalogue on indexes and say we want bulls in the top 30% of the breed and that might give me 50. And then I might go through those 50 at home and then I might say, well, out of that 50, there's 20 there that I want to look at. And so when I come to, come to Ball Blair and have a look, I'll just focus my effort on those 20. And, and I might see a bull that's outside that's really nice out of that 20, and I might make a considered decision on those bulls as well. But look, the, when, when you're going to these sales with lots of bulls, and some of the sales I attend will have more bulls than we've got for sale, you generally, two or three hours is not enough time to give every animal justice. So you just want to do a bit of picking and sorting before you get there. Most importantly, as I've said before, be really, be really true to your, to your business in terms of the breeding objectives of that business. What is it that you're trying to do? And if it's, if it's a shorter fed animal, focus on those animals with good 200. Sorry, if you're a wiener, you focus those animals with 200 day weight. If you're um, long fed, you might focus on the longer growth and carcass attributes. If you're self-replacing, you might put emphasis on calving ease and mature cow weight. There, and some people won't, but some people will. Of course, and if they want help filtering gen genetics here at Bald Blair, they, they just need to, to give you a, a call and, yes. and you'll help them do that. You can jump on the Angus Australia website and have a look at the, the catalogue now. I, I've got a, a slightly different question for you, Sam, and, and you obviously with uh, using data for a long time, how have you seen the data impact the way the the your operation runs. How, yeah. how, what's been the the process, or, or or the I guess the I'm wondering about the benefit over time that you've seen. Yes. Okay. Look, that's an exceptional question. It's I suppose it's proof of concept or proof of proof of profit of the concept of of genetic genetic management of improvement, continual genetic gain. Look, I learned very early, you have to keep an eye on all aspects of your business and not one at, as a result, as a, you know, as a, at an expense of another. So that includes the management of the animal. All right, now our experiences has shown that over a 30 year period, we've actually reduced the age of turnoff from 22 months to potentially 14 to 16 months. We've increased the size of those animals in terms of our heifers and our replacement females. We don't need to continue to increase the size of our replacement females. So we're starting to put limits on that. We already had a, had a fairly high marbling herd. We're just refining that now. And we're able to offer a little bit more because it's demanded, it's demanded by the marketplace with respect to that heavy grain index. But look, it's a process of observing over time what has occurred and by the contribution of improvements in management and improvements in genetics and bull selection have we been able to meet those meet those criteria so and to get those performance changes what it says is genetic progress is very slow so it's important that you do make the right decision on the bull that you're going to use because that animal and his daughters are going to be in your herd for eight to ten years and so you make a really good decision on your bulls if you're a self-replacing herd my last question is 
What are we looking at down the track then? What's coming at us in terms of this this data that we should be should be thinking about now because it's going to help make decisions down the track? Look, there's some pretty nice nice new research data coming out of out of our research crews, both at Agus and Agbu. We've got immune competence. We've got pink eye EBVs coming, research EBVs. We've got coat type. There are a number of things coming, and that what I do know is that there'll be more and more as we go forward to help us make decisions with the traits that we can't actually physically see or that are too costly to measure. If that's the case, and I don't doubt that for a second because we're seeing the use of data-informed decision-making happening across all sorts of sectors, and I'm not just talking agriculture, it's, it, it's pervasive, then that means that interpreting and understanding data is a real skill that we, the, the sector, the industry needs to, to develop. Yes, yeah, and, and I think industry, you know, we, we suffered for some time uh, with the reduction in availability of our extension offices through DPI, which are government decisions. And, and they have really, I think they've been, you know, the, the ability to transfer information has been impacted somewhat and breed societies have taken that up to a degree. But I think we'll see a combination of both of those going forward and there'll be more of it. And it's important that everybody gets to learn. And look, for those who don't want to go to large conferences, there is a a large data set and explanation set in the data, both through the Angus website and also through the MLA website. So we can get onto information and actually really, really go through it if you're that inclined. So we're two weeks out from the from your bull sale, which of course is Tuesday, August the 3rd at... At 1pm. At 1pm. And yep. our open day is the previous Sunday, correct? That's, that's correct, yep. So once again, we'll have we'll have our bulls in just to do their paint brands to make them, you can make sure everything matches up on sale day. And on sale day, we've got a special treat where uh, Rangers Valley have will be supplying some absolutely beautiful quality meat to, to, to us with respect to feeding everybody. So we'll actually get some really high marbling steaks that everybody can share. And it's uh, something we've, we've actually enjoyed doing over the last few years is taking some of the efforts of, 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 of our progeny and making them available to to our clients all right so if people want to uh, want help making um, some decisions or some filtering yes. uh, based on the catalog they, they will have ordered by now but if not jump on the angus australia website and the ball blair site and you'll be able to access that give you a call what's the number sam zero four three eight seven nine two one four zero or my email sam white at ballblair.com.au Sam, it's been a pleasure. This is episode four of the Data Breeder. There is an episode five. I'm coming back on sale day. I'll get let me get that out just to experience some of that steak. Now I, I love a bull sale, so I'll be here. I can't wait to see how how it went and the bulls that people are taking home. Good on you, thanks, Ed, and we look forward to seeing you here. Thanks, Sam. Cheers. Thanks to Elders Livestock for supporting this podcast. For expert advice and the best stud stock selling options, contact your local branch. For details, visit eldersrural.com.au. The Data Breeder was produced by Ed Campbell at Seek and Deploy's Armadale-based digital content lab. Visit seekdeploy.com.